0: Good morning. This is Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, here in Tulsa and Broken Arrow. I am so glad that you joined me today, and we have a lot to talk about. Uh, But before we get started, uh, I just wanted to remind you that today is the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And that means today is a holy day of obligation. So somewhere today, you need to find a way, a time to get to Mass. Now, if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, don't worry about that. But if you're listening to me here on Monday morning, uh, better put that into your schedule. So now that I've got your blood pumping, let's open today in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. and kindle in them the fire of your love, So while today's readings and obviously the Holy Day of Obligation are going to be focused on the Immaculate Conception, today I want to talk to you about the season of Advent. We're already into the second week of this season, and so there's not a lot of time left to cover all that we want to cover. And really, this is my favorite season of the year. Uh, And it really gets skipped over by most of our culture, because as you know, on October 31st, the Christmas candy comes out, right? All the stores have all their Christmas ads out. Uh, You can't watch TV without there being five different uh, toy commercials to grab the kids' eyes, a couple of car commercials with big bows on top. They want you to know that the appropriate way to celebrate Christmas is to buy things. It gets to the point that even those of us who have a deep faith in Christ can get sucked into the externals of what Christmas is uh, and so this is a great opportunity as we're talking about going outside the walls uh, to live just a little bit differently to have our eyes fixed in a different place this Advent season and, and just by treating it like Advent by celebrating Advent we do that we we break outside of the norm of what society has come to expect from these days leading up to Christmas so this is how I want to interact with you today. Again, uh, we don't have call-in lines, and so I can't, I can't talk to you on the phone. But what I can do uh, is we've got Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash step outside the walls. And on Twitter, our handle is at outside the walls. And I want you to come and tell me, what does your family do to celebrate Advent? What do you do to celebrate Advent? Uh, and so that's the question of the day. Uh, I really look forward to to seeing you there. And remember, I said in the very first episode that I really need you all to come and, and interact with me because uh, I'm an extrovert and, uh, and really need to interact with people and not just with a microphone. So go on over to, to Facebook and to, to Twitter and answer that question for me. How is your family going to celebrate Advent this year? Uh, so what my family does is uh, every night... Uh, in the season of Advent, rather than doing the bedtime routine upstairs in the kids' bedroom and putting them down and praying over them and everything else, they go upstairs and they get ready for bed, which is great. Uh, and then they come down the stairs to the living room and around the living room we have our advent wreath. Now I did advent wreath growing up and uh, but it was I think it was a Sunday thing that we did and uh, my wife's family, they grew up doing advent wreaths every night and I like that idea. So what we do, because I like fire, you know, I was a Boy Scout, candles, flames, any open flame really will do. Uh, and so here we are, <laughs> we come downstairs uh, and we gather around the advent wreath on the um, on the coffee table. And we light the candle, the first candle, and we do the readings of the day. Uh, So we'll go through the first reading in the psalm and the gospel. And of course, uh, we make up the tune to the psalm, however we want it to be. And sometimes it's a really good tune. And other times it's like, well, we won't do that one again. Uh, But we make up our own tune to the psalm and we go through the readings of the day. And once the readings are done, uh, then we uh, pray over the kids and we bless the kids, and we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and then the kids get to take turns blowing out the candle. And that's like the best thing ever for them. I mean, we let them near open flame, and, and they're really excited about that. Uh, and so they take turns. They go from the oldest to the youngest. Uh, and so Israel started it off, and then and then Naomi blew out the candle, and then and then we go right down the list, and we cycle through the children uh, each night. Dad never gets to blow out the candles, but that's okay because I get to light them. So uh, we do that, and then the greatest part, the most beautiful part of this whole uh, scenario is that after they blow out the candles, they can't make another sound. They can't make another sound. They've got to go upstairs in complete silence with all the lights turned off, except for the little nightlight in the hall to kind of guide the way there. And it's wonderful because there's this uh, excitement about Advent. There's this ex- They're really excited about having to go upstairs quietly, which you would never know by looking at how they act the rest of the year. But this part of the year, they're really excited about going upstairs quietly. And we do a number of other things as well with the kids to, to kind of set Christmas apart. Uh, one of the things we do is that we have moved... Uh, St. Nicholas off of Christmas Day. We don't do Santa on Christmas. What we do is we celebrate St. Nicholas Feast Day on December 6th. And so uh, my wife makes these special cookies in the shapes of Bishop Mitre's hats. Uh, I think they're called specular cookies. They're something amazing. Uh, and then we do stockings on December 6th instead of on Christmas Day, uh, which was something completely different than the way that I grew up and completely different than the way that my wife grew up. Uh, but that's the great thing about being an adult is you get to make your own traditions for your own family. And so that's what we've chosen to do. But I want to know what you do on Advent with your family. So let's join that conversation. Uh, that's again at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. And on Twitter, our handle is at outside the walls. Come and tell us what you do for Advent. Uh, interact with me and with the other people who are there uh, giving their, their stories. Maybe you'll find a new tradition that you didn't know about. So while we continue that conversation online, I want to switch gears a little bit. In our third segment today, we're going to read a portion of a homily uh, by St. Bernard of Clairvaux about how Christ comes to us and the three different ways that Christ comes. First, he comes through the Incarnation at Christmas. Uh, He comes at the end of all days triumphantly. But in this in-between time, he comes to us internally. And so this brings me to a really exciting opportunity that we have coming up on Sunday, this coming Sunday, December 14th, we're going to dedicate a nativity scene out at the Garden of Hope. And if you don't know about the Garden of Hope, it is a piece of property dedicated to prayer directly across the street from eastern Oklahoma's only abortion center. And so we're going to, to introduce life to a place where so often there is death. So as a part of this dedication, there's going to be carols, uh, cookies, uh, hot chocolate. Bring the whole family out. We're going to dedicate this nativity scene. And our prayer is that this display of life, uh, the king of all life coming as a babe, that that would grant hope to those who are considering abortion, that they would look at the life within them with new eyes. Because when Christ comes to us, he comes to us in very unexpected ways. Just like when the angel Gabriel came to the Virgin Mary completely unexpected, and she had to make a choice to receive Christ into herself, so too Christ comes to us in unexpected ways, and we have to make that choice as well. As a further meditation on that idea of of experiencing the coming of Christ, not just on a cosmic level, but but on an individual level, uh, I'm going to play a song for you by uh, a man named Andy Gullihorn. He's an acquaintance of mine, and, and he and his wife, Jill Phillips, uh, provided the bumper music for this show. So you've been listening to him, whether you knew it or not, uh, every time you tune in. But this song coming up is uh, an adaptation of a poem by Walter Wangerin Jr. Uh, called An Advent Meditation. And it's not about that first advent, Uh, But it's about how Christ comes to us in the midst of our own turmoil. And while it's a a beautiful poem and and quite poignant uh, when read, there's something about the way that this is put to music that just gives me chills every time I listen to it. And so as we're thinking about this upcoming uh, dedication of the nativity scene and of of Christ being made present, of God with us, uh, I want to leave you, uh, before the end of this segment, with this song by Andy Gullihorn called I Will Find A Way
1: At the end of this run-down tenement hall It's the room of a girl I know Who cowers behind all the deadbolt locks Afraid of the outside world how should I come to the one I love? I will find a way. Many thieves and collectors have used that door, but they only brought her shame. So she won't even open it anymore. Still I will find a way. I could call out her name with love through the walls But condemnation's all she hears I could break down the door, take her into my arms But she might die from the fear So how should I come to the one I love? I will find a way, I will find a way How should I come to the one I love? I will find a way No hiding place Ever kept her safe So she hides inside herself Now to reach her heart The only way Is to hide in there as well I will hide up on love waiting for a change, but a change is coming soon, cause how could she not love the helpless babe that is waking in her womb, oh I found heads of men every single disgrace will be washed clean again i will love her completely when i'm grown i'll carry her out of that tenement room i'm doing a new thing soon you will see i'm coming among you my name shall be
0: God with us. That's the joy of the incarnation. That's the hope. Not just that Christ came long ago, but that he is still present, that he is still Emmanuel, God with us. That song is I Will Find a Way by Andy Gullihorn. Uh, I've got everything he's ever done. I love his music. Uh, he's not paying me to say that. You can find his stuff at andygullihorn.com. Uh, and that's off the Christmas album. When we come back, we'll do the readings of the day. We'll uh, read a little bit from St. Bernard of Clairvaux and much more. This is Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM. Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. On St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. Glad to have you back on this side of the break. Well, today is a holy day of obligation. It's the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's a patronal feast day of the United States of America. So I know that you are already planning. Uh, you had this marked on your calendar and you were ready got it all figured out and you know what Mass you're going to, what time, what parish. Uh, But just in case you had forgotten, today is a holy day of obligation. Hope to see you in Mass today. Uh, Now, normally during this segment, we take some time and we read the readings of the day. And on most days, unless you're uh, lucky enough to have a parish that does a Monday morning Mass, this is probably the only time you hear these readings. And so today will be a little bit different because you're going to hear these readings again when you go to Mass. Uh, So take this opportunity, this first time through, and let these words sink in a little bit so that when you're at Mass and you're wrangling with the kids and you're trying to get them to be on their best behavior, you'll already have these readings in your mind and you won't be uh, as distracted. The first reading comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, and it says this, After the man Adam had eaten of the tree, the Lord God called to the man and asked him, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Then he asked, Who told you that you were naked? You have eaten, then, from the tree of which I had forbidden you to eat. The man replied, The woman whom you put here with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree, so I ate it. The Lord God then asked the woman, Why did you do such a thing? The woman answered, The serpent tricked me into it. So I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you shall be banned from all the animals and from all the wild creatures. On your belly you shall crawl, and dirt you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will strike at your head while you strike at his heel. The man called his wife Eve because she became the mother of all the living. Again, that reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 3. The responsorial psalm today is out of Psalm 98, and it says, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wondrous deeds. His right hand has won the victory for him, his holy arm. The Lord has made his salvation known in the sight of all the nations. He has revealed his justice. He has remembered his kindness and his faithfulness toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation by our God. To the Lord, all you lands, break into song, sing praise. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. And of course, today being a solemnity uh, and a holy day of obligation, we have the second reading as well before the gospel. And today that comes from Ephesians 1. Brothers and sisters, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens, as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world to be holy and without blemish before him. In love he destined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ, in accord with the favor of his will, for the praise and glory of his grace that he granted us in the beloved. In him we are also chosen, destined in accord with the purpose of the one who accomplished all things according to the intention of his will, so that we might exist for the praise of his glory, we who first hoped in Christ." Again, that's Ephesians chapter 1. And finally, we come to our gospel, which today is from the gospel of Luke in the first chapter. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? The angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For nothing Will be impossible for God. Mary said, "Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word." Then the angel departed from her. This is the Gospel of our Lord from the Gospel of Luke, chapter one. There is so much that we could go into in any of any direction with these readings, uh, from from the fall of man to. Uh, to the redemption. I mean, it's the, the whole gamut of Scripture is encompassed in today's readings. And then on top of that, we have the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, which we could talk about that for, for ages, and we simply don't have the time. So today we'll probably do more of observations than really expounding on any of the Scripture. Uh, but I want to start way back with that reading out of Genesis. Uh, and we talked about this, uh, in one of our earlier episodes that, that, that which we gaze on, we desire. And, uh, I think that that's really important for us during this season where we are bombarded with things to desire here, look at this, fix your gaze on this. Here's a new car. Here's the best toy. Here's whatever else it is. Uh, there's this vying for our attention and we see that in the first reading where, Uh, Eve was given something to gaze upon and she saw that it was good and she ate it and she became like it. I I heard someone recently and I might've mentioned this in the earlier episode uh, that she gazed upon the tree and then she ate from the tree and then they clothed themselves in trees, right? Uh, Because they clothed themselves in fig leaves. And then when God came into the garden, they hid among the trees and so I just find it really interesting that we become like that which we gaze upon. We, well, That which we gaze upon, we desire. Uh, and so be very careful uh, this season where you fix your eyes. Uh, and I'm sure you've experienced it. There have been several times where I've decided that maybe my car wasn't good enough after all, and I needed to get a new vehicle, and and I started looking. And as soon as I started looking, man, I noticed everything wrong with my car and i noticed everything right with every other car out there that i uh, was looking at and uh, ultimately if i had continued down that road uh, there it would have entrapped me uh, and and it's just amazing how quickly it can happen uh, and this whole season the whole way that uh, that our society is built it's hard to go anywhere without being tempted with our eyes uh, to gaze upon something that we don't have and to feel the inadequacy of not having it and therefore to go out and buy it only to find that it also doesn't satisfy. And that's the way it always is with these temptations is that they, they promise more than they can deliver. So the first reading sets up the problem. It shows us the fall. It shows us that which doesn't satisfy. And then all of the readings thereafter are focused on showing us what does satisfy, what will bring us fulfillment. And so it starts by saying, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous deeds. And it's looking at this macro level uh, that, The whole earth has seen the salvation of our God and and sing to the Lord a new song for his marvelous deeds. Uh, But then our next reading brings it into the micro level, into the individual, into who we are in ourselves, that this God who has done marvelous deeds has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven. And shows us in him before the foundation of the world. And so here we see God's action toward us again. Coming back into the garden and saying, I've chosen you. Where are you? Come to me. And so there's this, this beckoning, this restoration uh, of relationship. So that brings us around full circle to Mary. And Mary receives this news that God is no longer content to wait on the outside, but that he is breaking into our reality, that he is becoming God with us, Emmanuel, the promised Messiah. And this is massive news. Now, just in case I have any non-Catholic listeners out there, this is where the Immaculate Conception comes into play, because God who is above all and outside of all, uh, when his presence is made manifest, it must be carried by a pure vessel. So in the Old Testament, you had the the Ark of the Covenant, which was made out of acacia wood and gold, which uh, acacia wood was known to be incorruptible. And then, of course, gold is considered pure. And so the Ark of the Covenant carried God's manifest presence uh, during the Exodus uh, and then throughout the history of Israel. Well, here you have God not only be becoming present spiritually but physically manifestly present and so in the same way that the ark of the covenant had to be pure so too the vessel that carried the manifest presence of god into this world also had to be pure And so this is why we as Catholics believe that Mary was preserved from the stain of original sin. Now, I've had some Protestants tell me, some non-Catholics tell me that, that that would make Mary divine, but I point back to Adam and Eve and say they also were created without original sin and they were not divine. In fact, beginning to think that they were divine is what caused the fall in the first place. And so she was made, Mary was made to be like Eve. So she was born without the stain of original sin, but she was still saved from her sin just at the moment of her conception. So. When we say that Mary was immaculately conceived, we're not saying that she was born of a virgin. Uh, That's the virgin birth. We're talking about the immaculate conception. And so we believe she was preserved from sin for the sake of the incarnation. And she too was given a choice, just like Eve. But where Eve chose to do her own thing, Mary said, "'Let it be done to me according to your word.'" And that's the pattern that we must live as well when Christ comes to us, that we would say, Christ, let it be done to me according to your word. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio 102.9 FM, Tulsa and Broken Arrow. We're glad that you have joined us today. And uh, as with every time we come together, this is the portion of the show where we go back and read one of the fathers or the doctors of the church. Uh, One of those people who have gone before us who have very clearly laid out the faith In such a way that uh, it's timeless, really. That the church has said to us, we can learn from them uh, at at any place. And so today we're going to read uh, a portion of a homily from Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. And I have to admit to you that this is one of those saint names that, as a convert, I have a lot of trouble with. Uh, You know, I'm used to saying Saint Bernard because you've got the dog and with the with the big dog with the barrel and the the cartoons and uh, everything You know, uh, Beethoven, the Beethoven movies. Um, I'm used to saying Bernard, and so I became Catholic, and then I had to relearn pronunciation, because no, it's not St. Bernard, it's St. Bernard of Clairvaux, so you're throwing me off here. Uh, the other one that I have so much trouble with and still get wrong, uh, unless I just really focus on it, is St. Augustine, because, of course, I think St. Augustine, one that's how it's spelled two that's how they say it in florida three that's how it's said when you're talking about the grass so uh, you know it really takes a lot of effort to uh, to pronounce things correctly in the catholic world and i'm still learning i'm still learning but i appreciate your patience with me if i've mispronounced his name earlier in the show i can't remember if i said it right or not so if i said it wrong Uh, Forgive me. Uh, I'm certain that he will because, you know, he's in heaven and has better things to do than hold a grudge. Uh, (laughs) So Saint Bernard is one of the greatest preachers of all time. He was born to a noble family uh, in France around uh, AD 1090. He was inspired by the example of a new religious congregation, the Cistercians, who had abandoned uh, what had become relative ease and security of Benedictine monasticism and had decided to live in the primitive pattern of St. Benedict through manual labor, solitude, and rigorous prayer. So when Bernard finally decided to uh, abandon the privilege of noble life and enter the, the monastery, he brought 30 relatives with him. Uh, Including uh, his sister, eventually, who one of my children is named after because it's just a beautiful name. Uh, I'll I'll make you look that one up. Uh, So Bernard's magnetic preaching uh, changed the lives of thousands. Uh, He he founded over forty monasteries. Uh, His words were so sweet that he came to be known as the mellifluous doctor, which means full of honey. So Saint Bernard died in 1153 and was later proclaimed a saint and doctor of the church. So we're going to look at one of his homilies during the season of Advent. And in it, he says this, We know that there are three comings of the Lord. The third lies between the other two. It is invisible while the other two are visible. In the first coming, he was seen on earth dwelling among men. He himself testifies that they saw him and hated him. In the final coming, all flesh will see the salvation of our God and they will look on him whom they pierced. The intermediate coming is a hidden one. It is only the elect that see the Lord within their own selves and they are saved. In his first coming, our Lord came in our flesh and in our weakness. In this middle coming, he comes in spirit and in power. In the final coming, He will be seen in glory and majesty. In case someone should think that what we say about this middle coming is sheer invention, listen to what our Lord himself says. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him. There is another passage of scripture which reads, He who fears God will do good. But something further has been said about one who loves, that is, that he will keep God's word. Where is God's word to be kept? Obviously, in the heart. As the prophet says, I have hidden your words in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Keep God's word in this way. Let it enter into your very being. Let it take possession of your desires and your whole way of life. Feed on goodness, and your soul will delight in its richness. Remember to eat your bread, or your heart will wither away. Fill your soul with richness and strength. Because this coming lies between the other two, it is like a road on which we travel from the first coming to the last. In the first, Christ was our redemption. In the last, he will appear as our life. In this middle coming, he is our rest and consolation. If you keep the word of God in this way, it will also keep you. The Son with the Father will come to you. The great prophet who will build the new Jerusalem will come. The one who makes all things new. This coming will fulfill what is written. As we have borne the likeness of earthly man, we shall also bear the likeness of the heavenly man. Just as Adam's sin spread through all mankind and took hold of all, so Christ, who created and redeemed all, will glorify all, once he takes possession of all. In his final words there, uh, St. Bernard really kind of lays down the point that Christ wants nothing less than everything every part of us uh, needs the coming of Christ, that God is with us in every aspect of our lives. Uh, We read these words again, just that closing line, just as Adam's sin spread through all mankind and took hold of all, so Christ who created and redeemed all will glorify all once he takes possession of all. And that's really the point of Advent, that God is not content with being relegated anywhere. He's not content with being relegated and compartmentalized over to the temple uh, where he would receive the sacrifices of the people according to a prescribed uh, set of rituals. Uh, He wasn't content to, to be apart from the humanity that he created, and so he came to redeem it. He broke into our history and muddled up our systems, even the systems that he himself put in place, and he came in, And became Emmanuel, God with us. And this is what Christ desires in our lives, that there are certain areas that we've relegated God to the corner of. Well, God over here in this section of my heart, this is the, uh, I'm going to go to Mass on Sundays. uh, and, And I'll see you there and I will... Uh, raise my children in the faith, uh, but then uh, over here I've got work, God, and I need to to separate you out from that because sometimes I've got to make decisions at work that that you wouldn't really want to be around. So I'm going to put work over here, and I'm going to put my family over here, and and God, we're going to come over into your section, and we're, and we'll visit. We're going to visit you, God, on uh, on Sunday and on Christmas and Easter. And uh, if, it's a, if it's a rainy day, then we'll see you on Holy Days of Obligation, um, unless, you know, there's some schedule conflict. Well, God's not content with that. God wasn't content in the Old Testament to be relegated to the temple, and, and today he's not content to be relegated uh, to the parish. No, God wants to be all in all. God wants uh, the one who created and redeemed all to glorify all once he takes possession of all. Uh, Everything in our lives, rather than having portions split out like a pie with this slice over here being for God and this slice over here being for work and this slice being for family and this slice being for uh, hobbies, God wants to have more of a casserole feel that uh, maybe the carrots are family and the... uh, The rice is work, and the chicken is hobbies, and the broth, that which holds it all together, uh, is God. He's in all and is all, and that's what Advent is about. It's for this reason that the season of Advent is a penitential season, a reflective season, because we take the time to examine our lives, to look and say, is there any area that Christ has not been made manifest? Is there any area where Christ is not Emmanuel, God with us? Is there any portion of my life that's missing the influence of the wisdom of God? And then, like the people in the Old Testament, to make way in our hearts, a highway for our God, to say, come into me, come into this place, bring conversion to this area of my life, and help me to walk in the wisdom of God. Help me to be redeemed and glorified in all of my actions. And this is, uh, this is not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing at all. Uh, it requires being attentive. It, it requires being uh, open to the Holy Spirit and listening to our consciences. It requires forming our conscience so that we would be a people uh, who respond to the voice of God that we would be a people who are consumed with love for God, that everything that we do is a witness to Him. It's not an easy thing. Uh, Sometimes it's a painful thing uh, because it would be easier to just go with the flow. But we're not called to go with the flow. We are called to go outside of the walls where maybe it's a little dangerous. Uh, Maybe it's not quite as secure. And definitely, it's a lot more uncomfortable than, uh, than just going on with the way our lives have been. And this is not just the call of Advent. It's the call to discipleship. Remember that Christ said, if anyone would come after me, let them take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow me. Following Christ means so much more than just going to church on Sunday, but it's Remembering that Christ, who created and redeemed all, will glorify all once he takes possession of all, and allowing him to take possession of all that we are. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio 102.9 FM. Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. Glad to have you back on this side of the break. We've got just a little bit of time left, and I want to talk about a couple of things with you. First, just a reminder that today's question is, what are your Advent traditions? What are the things that you do with your family to celebrate the season of Advent? Uh, you can be a part of that discussion on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash step outside the walls. Or you can become a part of that conversation on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter handle is at outside the walls. And if you're not on social media, you can still be a part of the conversation by sending us an email through outside the walls at stmichaelradio.com. That's outside the walls at stmichaelcatholicradio.com. And I really look forward to your responses because maybe you've got some things that we don't do that we uh, might want to incorporate. Uh, if you are on the social media side of things, you might find some things from other listeners, uh, who they might have excellent ideas that you haven't thought of before. Uh, so I think one of the things that we'll do there on social media, and I'll have to, I'll have to twist my wife's arm on this, but uh, I think I will uh, get her to give me the recipe that she has for those cookies. Now, of course, uh, St. Nicholas feast day is over this year, but uh, you might be able to make them into a, some other shape because they're really good So, uh, keep your eyes open on social media for the recipe for those cookies. I was talking about the specula, I think they're called specula cookies So you don't want to miss that because they are quite quite excellent So, uh, let's not keep talking about food. It's making me hungry Uh, let's talk about the pope coming to uh, philadelphia Yes, it's true. Uh, it's been announced, it's official. Pope Francis is coming to the United States for the World Meeting of Families, just at the tail end of the World Meeting of Families, uh, for a visit. And he'll have a, uh, an audience, and then we'll also do a papal mass. And we in the Diocese of Tulsa are going. We've got two buses reserved, we have 33 rooms reserved, and spaces are filling fast. Uh, so if you want more information about that visit, I want you to go to www.dioceseoftulsa.org slash family life, right? So uh, that's dioceseoftulsa.org slash family life, F-A-M-I-L-Y-L-I-F-E. And right there on the top, there's a great big picture of the Pope saying, I'll see you in Philadelphia. And underneath that is a little link with uh, with the uh, the 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 brochure with more information about it, with uh, how much it costs and uh, where uh, where to sign up, how to sign up. And uh, I'm going to be going. Uh, I'm going with Father Brian O'Brien. Uh, and we're taking as many people as want to go with us. Now, here's the trick. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people there. Uh, they're expecting somewhere between 1 million and 2 million people to converge on Philadelphia. And so it, really the best way to go is on the bus because uh, public transportation, uh, from if you're going trying to fly in, it's going to be really hard to get a cab. Uh, the buses, I'm sure, are going to be running, but they're going to be full. Uh, And then if you drive, I don't know that you can find a parking spot. So uh, there's a little bit of hardship involved because you've got to get on a bus with a whole bunch of other people. And we are driving through the night, straight through to get there. Uh, We're going to be leaving on the evening of Wednesday, September 23rd. Uh, And so it's going to be a, a long trip. Uh, You're going to get to know people very well, maybe a little bit better than you wanted to. Uh, But I also think that it's going to be a grace-filled time uh, where we get to be a community together and we get to go and see the Holy Father. So I'm just exceptionally excited about this and hope that you will join me. Again, to find out more information about that, go to dioceseoftulsa.org slash family life. I think I'll also put a link up here on social media so you can find it there uh, on our Facebook Facebook.com slash step outside the walls. Uh, But we would love to have our listeners join us on the bus. And uh, I might be able to even convince some of the other, uh, people here at the station to come on out. I think it'd be a fun trip for us all to be a part of. So that trip is not until September, but the uh, the deadline for registration is uh, January twenty sixth. That's a Monday, and it's coming up real quick. So take a look at that brochure, see if it's something that's feasible for you and your family, uh, and then quickly hop online and register. Uh, make sure that you have a spot. Uh, now that's at the end. That's the tail end of the year of the family that we've called here in the diocese, but. But right now we're at the very beginning of it. Here we are in Advent, the very beginning of the Year of the Family. And so what can you do uh, to participate in the Year of the Family? The first thing is what we talked about earlier in the show, and, and you can get some ideas on social media as we have that conversation, is to to set Advent apart, to do something that makes your faith life uh, a part of your daily routine. Uh, and so for us, that's doing the readings around the Advent wreath. For you, it might be something completely different. Uh, every family's different as the kids are different ages and different personalities. Uh, but that's one thing you can do is to begin living your faith life as a family, uh, to do something together. Uh, something else that you can do, we talked about this uh, in our first episode, was the the colloquium uh, in Vatican City on on family, on the complementarity of man and women. And uh, you can find videos of, of the talks and some really good, well-produced videos at the website humanum.it. That's H-U-M-A-N-U-M. Dot IT. And of course, you got to go up to the top right corner and select English because it's going to default to Italian. Uh, but they've got some great resources there. Uh, if nothing else, it's going to provide great talking uh, points for you and your family, specifically if you've got some older children. Uh, or if you ha- if you don't have any children, then watch it with friends, and it's going to be a great point of uh, conversation starter. Uh, and so that's humanum.it, some great Uh, stuff there probably the easiest thing to do uh, is to do something simple like go to mass with your family sit together uh, or do an unplugged dinner and that's a dinner where you turn off the tv and you turn off the smartphones and you you just uh, spend time with one another Uh, and so there are all kinds of ideas Uh, some of these ideas are going to be coming out of the family life office soon they'll be in your parishes Uh, and some of them i'm sure you could come up with on your own Uh, but just to do things that strengthen your family life together. Lastly, I just want to encourage you again to live a life that makes people ask questions. Live a faith that goes outside the walls, outside of our normal routines, and engages the world with the hope of Christ. Thanks for listening. This has been Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow.